Today's daf is daf Mem Aleph. We are holding on Mem Amad Bays um, at the two dots right before the lines get wide. So we said a short stadin ain't misa that a ox that was trained to be either for bullfighting to kill and it goes and kills that you don't execute the ox that you only ox execute an ox it says kiyigach means it has to be done its act is on its own volition but if it was uh, trained to kill that's considered not on its own volition anymore and that ox that kills then will not be executed you don't stone such an ox right that was the din of the Mishnah right clear it was based on a Pasuk we're going to see that there is a disqualification of bringing an animal that killed someone on the Mizbeach. It's considered it's not appropriate to use such a vehicle for a carbon that killed somebody. Now our question is, well, what if this was an ox that was trained to kill, a bullfighting ox that killed, would that disqualify it from being brought as a korban. Now let's understand, because you're already learning in our Mishnah that you don't execute the ox. Now you could argue, the reason you don't execute the ox, because once you say that the animal has no choice in the matter, once it's trained and it's like it becomes the natural instinct, it's not considered reflective of the animal's, uh, on the animal's volition, then maybe that act is disassociated from the animal itself. And if it's disassociated from the animal itself, maybe you would be allowed to bring such an animal on the Mizbeah, right? That's the question. So, So, Rav Amar Kosher, Rav you could bring that animal, an animal that was trained to gore, that killed somebody, is allowed to be brought on the Mizbeah. Shmuel Amar Apostle, Shmuel says no. Rav Amar Kosher, Anasu, he says it's an honest. This is completely beyond, it's an involuntary act. So, Rav, the way Rav deals with it, obviously it has other area implications, but an involuntary act is disassociated from the entity performing the act. Shmuel Amar Apostle Harei Nevet Ba'avera. Shmuel at the end of the day, this was a vehicle by which an Avera occurred. Whether or not you can hold that entity liable has no bearing on the issue. The issue is that an Avera was done through it, it cannot come on the Mizbeah. So Mesivay, the Gemara wants to bring a question from a drosha. This is Rashi in, uh, in Parshas Vayikra. He brings down this drosha. The Pazuk says, when a person wants to bring a korban to Hashem, he should bring it either min behema from cattle, from, from, from animals, from, from a, a livestock, min from cattle, min from sheep, takribas korban chem. Now the word min means from, but that's also somewhat of a exclusionary statement. From, but not all. Right? So what's being excluded from Mina Behema, Mina Bakar, Mina Tzon? What are we excluding? So Mina Behema, let's Lahotius Aravayav Esanirva. That an animal that's involved in bestiality, whether it's the active participant being the Raveya, or it is the passive participant being the Nirva, either way, that disqualifies its uh, uh, validity from being brought on a Mizbeach. On the Mizbech. Minha Bakar, what's the Minha Bakar? Lahotis Anevad, that's an animal that was served as an idol. They served an animal as an idol, also disqualifies this animal now being brought on the Mizbech. And Minat Son, Lahotis Amukza. Mukza is an animal that was designated to be an offering to an idol. 
So the first one is it was actually served as the idol. Muktza means it was designated to be brought as an offering for the idol. So that designation itself disqualifies it for uh, bringing it as a carbon. And minatzon, there's an extra vav. Because there's minatzon, then it's uminatzon. What do you do with the extra vav? Uminatzon. That's what we're interested in. In order to exclude a goring animal, an animal that kills. An animal killed through goring is excluded and brought on his back. Now, right now, we have no proof. Because our Shiloh was, what if it was trained to kill that guy? That's what we're trying to find out. So where is the kash? And it's like this. Continue the b'risa. I'm Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon said like this. L'chorah, I understand an Avera that you did an Avera with, an, 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 I mean, an animal you did an Avera, you're not going to spell. Then why do you need one exclusion for bestiality and one if it, if it killed a person? Why can't one be learned from the other, right? So what it says like this. Im nema if it says that animal that's involved in bestiality, lama nema nageah, why does it say an animal that kills? And it said an animal that killed, so lama nemaraveya, then why did it have to say an animal involved in bestiality? So the answer is Reb Shimon, because, because there are stringencies associated with bestiality, which is not associated with the animal, the killer ox, and there is a stringency by the killer ox, that is not by bestiality. What is each, what is stringency each one has, which therefore would not allow one to be learned from the other, which is why you have to record exclusions for both. He says, Raveya asa onus karotson. By Raveya, the active participant is equated to the valid participant, to, to, to the uh, passive participant, meaning we don't make a distinction. The drusha was any animal involved in bestiality, whether it's the active participant or even if it's the uh, passive participant. Now the passive participant is like an onus. It didn't really do anything. Someone did something to it, but either way you see that disqualifies. So you have that stringency, which we do not find in the Gemara, that a goring ox, we do not say that a goring ox, which is an uh, is, is rotzon, is equal to a goring ox, which is an onus. Now, what are we talking about? A distinction between a goring ox that is actively in, uh, on its own volition or an act that is uh, uh, it's involuntary, we don't know yet. That's what we're going to have to clarify in a moment. Now, but that's why you cannot learn out Raveya from, uh, from Nagicha because Raveya has a stringency that we don't make a distinction between Rotson and Anus, whereas by a killer, by the Goring Ox, we do. Nageach Meshalem Kofar, on the other hand, Nageach has a stringency that if it kills, you have to make a Kofar payment. Well, by Nageach, you have to pay the family Kofar. Whereas by Raveya, ain't a Meshalem as a Kofar. Now we'll have to see exactly what the case is, but by Raveya, by bestiality, you don't have to pay a Kofar. So maybe where there's Kofar, that's where it's disqualified from coming on the Mizbeach. But where there's no Kofar, maybe there's no disqualification on the Mizbeach. So therefore, we have a stringency on both. Lefikach, therefore, says Rav Shimon, Hutzrach Lomar Raveyav, Hutzrach Lomar Nageyav, the one could not be learned out from the other. Now, let's understand, let's dig a little deeper into these distinctions that are made. Ketani Miyah, it taught nevertheless, Raveya, that by an animal, by bestiality, that we, do, we equate 
the passive, the active and the passive. Now that we understand. By bestiality, we understand how that manifests itself because there's two forms of bestiality. So therefore, you're saying we don't make a difference. There's no difference whether you're the, you're, you're the, the animal was the passive, but the, the active participant or the passive participant. Either way, it is executed or either way, it cannot be brought on, on the Mizbeh. Fine. Understand that. The Geach, but we said, but the Brahmin said, but you don't have the same thing by the goring ox, the killer ox, because also the honors, loss of our honors, corruption. There we don't make, we don't make, we don't equate the act of an act of being actively participating to the act of onus, to the act where it is a passive, involuntarily participating. Now, what are we talking about? Where don't we make that distinction? So, Moses, we're assuming right now the passive that's being used is for korbanus. No? That's a Adam Kiyakimakem Korban Lashem. So, the Chorah means that by korbanus, we, we don't equate the two. Now, if that's true, then what it would be saying is that an animal that is voluntarily involved, where it was not trained to kill, that's the type of animal you cannot bring on the Mizbeah. But the one that's an honest means the one that was trained, should should, what? Should be able to, which would be supporting Rav, and this would be Akasha on Shmuel. Right? That's what I want to say. So Rav is not referring to that distinction is being made by Korban. Says well, no, that's not where that distinction is being made. The stringency that you have by bestia, by bestia, which you don't have by the killer ox, is not vis-a-vis being brought on the mizbeach. It's being talk, being brought, talking about execution, like our Mishnah in the parrot, the beginning of the parrot, that an ox that was trained to kill does not get executed. That's where the distinction is being made. Now, even because we thought it's talking about the Gabi the Mizbeah, because the Psukim are from the Mizbeah, but no, but it's talking about that's where you see the distinction. By bestiality, no distinction is made, and you execute the animal either way, as, as opposed to by uh, the killer ox. It's only executed if what? If it was a voluntary act, but if it's done in an involuntary act, i.e., when it was trained, you don't execute it. But that's got nothing to do with, we're not talking about can it go on the Mizbeach or not go on the Mizbeach, therefore you cannot use this as a question on Shmuel. That's what the deflection is. What it says, like, Actually, the distinction that we're talking about over here is not like Mizbeach, it's talking about for executing the ox. And I can understand what says at the end of the day, that's really the only way it could mean. Why could it only mean? Because you, 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 Bryce is speaking as if it's like a fait, it's, it's a fait accompli. Uh, we know that by bestiality, there's no distinction. That's true. The Torah doesn't make a distinction. It talks about both the ox part, active upon. And it says, whereas by the goring ox, we do make the distinction. Now, if you're telling me it's talking about execution, I understand, because we see that's the drush that we did before. Because it says when an ox gores, it means it's actively involved as opposed to an involuntary act. But if it's talking about the Mizbeach, then how can you make such a statement? By the Mizbeach, we don't make, by the Mizbeach, we only include active, but not where it is involuntary. How do you know that? How can you make that as a fait accompli if you don't have a drusha teaching me that way? Clearly, when the Brisa was referencing, it wasn't referring to the Gabbai Mizbeach. What was referring that different, that uh, distinction was the Gabbai, the execution of the ox. So Moses says, "How can I Because if you're telling me it's like we thought in the question, referring to Korban, 
Uh, when by goring, we did not consider an onus to be like a rotson. Love onus love rotson There's no illusion. The drosha was don't bring an ox that kills on his back. There's no distinction made over there. What type of animal are we talking about? Was it goring or non goring? We don't see that distinction. El alav, therefore, clearly, it has to be referring to the katolov execution. For execution, the distinction is made. We had the drosha, it's got to be a short nageach, and not shigichuhu, that that animal was trained to kill. All right, let's go back to it. Now, we just quoted in this b'risa, we said that um, the, the stringency that the goring ox has over bestiality is the goring ox, when it kills, has to pay kofer. Whereas by bestiality, there is no kofer. Now, you can only make a distinction between two items is if you're comparing apples to apples, right? Now, if the Torah's punishment for kofer was only when an animal kills, who said, well, animal kills, you pay kofer. Bestiality, there's no kofer. There can't be kofer by bestiality because what? By bestiality, there is no killing. So, so how can you make, how can you compare the two? So it's like this. So what is it? Uh, so so, so that, that, that's what's bothering the, mar, the Gemara. So Amar Mar Nageach Mashalam is a kofer. Avayan Mashalam is a kofer. Now Hechi Dami. Now what the Gemara is going to say? Do you know what it might mean? What happens if the animal, through the act of bestiality, ended up killing the victim? Maybe then it would be apples down. But then you'd have to know for a fact that when an animal gores and kills, there is kofer. When an animal sodomizes and kills, there's no kofer. But and how do you know that? I mean, that, that's right. So when it says, hey, down the katla, we're referring to a case where the bestiality resulted in the death of the victim. So then, why should there be a difference? The Torah says if an animal kills, you have to pay kofer. What, why should it make a difference whether it gored or it killed through bestiality? Either way, there should be kofer. So why are you saying over there it would not be kofer? So Allah says the Gemara must be derovo for love katla, meaning we're comparing when it kills to where there's bestiality and the victim does not die. What is it like this? So Haidalomasham Kofer, then you cannot say that that's a weakness in bestiality that you don't pay kofer. The reason you don't pay is not because it shows a weakness in bestiality. Because it wasn't killed. there's no killing. That's why there's no kofer. What is it like this? Haidalomasham Kofer, Mishum Katla, there's no one dying. That's why you don't, you don't pay the kofer. So how, it's, it's not apples to apples. What do you, how do you show that as a stringency of one over the other? Right? So what it says like this, Amr Olam We're talking about over here, Abai is a very creative way. Let me just say, that's all I was going to say. Rabbi is going to say is, we're talking about over here, let's say this animal, in an act of bestiality, sodomized the person. Okay? Now, what happens because of that act? It's true, the, the uh, person does not die from the act, but the person has now done an act, which is a capital offense. If there's witnesses... And what is going to end up happening to that person? Killed, right? Gets executed. So therefore, so you could argue that since this animal resulted in the death of that person, maybe the owner of the animal should have to pay kofer. Ah, since the person does not pay kofer, now it's made it, it's made it more apples to apples. So it's true. It can't be that from the act of the sodomy itself, the person died, because then it should be like coring. But it's talking about that the, that the idea is because of your animal, someone died. So we have a case over here. It's not just the stand, stand uh, uh, of, of the bestiality itself, because the person doesn't die there. Yeah, but the person died, did die because of bestiality. How did he die because of bestiality? Because he was executed for being involved 
in that situation. So Mordechai says like this: Olam de Katlo at the at the time of the of the bestiality, but But because of that, that person was taken to Beistin Bekatlua, and that person was executed. So therefore, Mao Desemi, you could have argued, command the Katladami, that it's as if the animal killed that person. Why? Because the person, the animal, is the vehicle by which that person, Kamash Malan, that comes to each, we know. And now you can basically, now you can actually compare apples to apples. That maybe, when do we say you can't go on the Mizbeach, is when we may require you to pay code for, for the death of an animal killed a person, you have to pay kofar, that animal now becomes disqualified from his bear. But an animal that's engaged in bestiality, you could argue, is that even if the person gets executed because of the animal, since we're not of kofar for that act, it's maybe not as okay. bad, I and that could go on himself. That's why you had to have the special exclusion for, uh, for bestiality as well. Now, Robert doesn't like that. Robert's saying is that it's too much of a stretch to have thought that there should be a kofar where it's not, it's not the animal killing. It's based in killing that person, not the animal killing that person. So Robert has a different terrorist. Robert says like this. Now, let me tell you what Robert's going to say outside and we'll see it inside. Robert's going to say is, going back to what we said before, yes, if the animal gores and kills, that's when there's kofar. If the animal sodomizes and kills, there will not be kofar. I, our question is, what, what do we care? Either way, the act of the animal resulted directly in the death of the person. So Rav is going to say, is the case of Kofar in the Torah is a case of Karen, circling back to the beginning of Amasefta, where the animal intends to cause uh, harm. Uh, 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 sodomy, the animal's not intending to cause harm. That actually wouldn't go under the hezek of Karen. What would that go under? Say it again then, the animal did... The animal's intent, when, it, when it's involved in an act of bestiality, is not to cause harm. What is the animal? It's to gratify itself. Right. Therefore, it would not fall under the nezek of Karen. That actually would fall under the nezek uh, of shame. Right? right? And therefore, so what Rabbi's saying is, Rabbi's saying is that the din kofar in the Torah is only when it's a result Karen. of Karen, not when, now, but now you can say apples to apples. When the animal gored and killed, you have to pay kofar. When the animal was reveya and killed, you don't pay kofar. So it's a leniency in, in reveya over, now you're saying, so therefore you would not have been, that's the case, that's why you could not learn one out from the other. But that's, that comes out of very big Kiddush. According to Shmuel, he doesn't make that distinction. Shmuel says, I don't care what the animal did to cause the death of a person, whether the animal gratified itself or whether the animal intended to kill. Either way, there's going to be kofar. Rav says, no. Kofar is only where there was kavan asalahazik, where the animal did intend to harm. But if it didn't intend to harm, there would not be kofar. Right. So Moira says like this. So Rav Amar Le'olam. It's Rav Nabai, not Rav Shmuel. Rav Amar Le'olam the Revia, the Rav that the animal did commit an act of bestiality, the cut line that caused the, 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 the human participant to die. But the Kakashalach, now you had a question on that. Mali Katla Bekarnayim, Mali Katla Bereviyah. What difference does it make? There should be Kofar. Either way, who cares if it was done through the horns or it was done through the act of bestiality, right? I'll tell you the difference, says Robert. Karen, Kavanos Lahazik Karen, the intent was to cause damage. Hi, Kavanos Lahanos by the bestiality. The animal's done. It doesn't fall under Karen. Shane, the animal wants to gratify itself. And as an outgrowth of Shane, there is no Kofar. And, and, uh, 
And what, uh, by my plea, the Mora says, what exactly is, if you want to break down this machlokus rov and abaya, but they're arguing about the following case. This is a case we had on Davchavvav. Beregel shedar sal gabetinok. An animal wanders into the property of a nizok and it uh, trampled a baby. Now, it did not intend to trample the baby. So it's a, and it's an outgrowth of regel, not an outgrowth of Karen. Right? You see that? Where's it like this? In a person's, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Nizak's property, right? Now, Abaya holds, you would pay Kofor. Because according to Abaya, the animal caused death to another person. It doesn't matter what type of damage it falls under, there is Kofor. So whether it be Karen, whether it be Shane in the case of bestiality, or whether it be regular when it trampled inadvertently a baby, either way, you gotta pay Kofor. Where according to Rubble, Mashan Kofor, because you only pay when it's an outgrowth of Karen, not when it's an outgrowth of Shane and Regal. Tiny the Rav, the one says we actually have a Brisa that supports Rav. And this goes back to the original machlokas of Rav and Shmuel, whether we say that an animal that was taught to gore, does that disqualify, taught to kill, does it disqualify it from going on Mizbeach? The Gemara says, we found a brysa that supports Rav. What does it say? Shorite Stadion, our case, a, an ox that's trained to bullfight in a stadium, ain't a chai of miso, right? Is not... Chai of Misa, like our Mishnah said in Babakama, that means because it's not executed, because it was not gore, it did not gore uh, voluntarily, it's in an involuntary oh, act. Right. But that's not the point. Because this is considered as if it's forced to do the act, so this clearly supports the position of Rav over the position of Shmuel. Let's go to the next Mishnah. Zog Mishnah. A shard gored a person to the point where it was violent enough to have killed the individual. Muad, Mishalim Kofer. When it's a Muad, then you pay Kofer. If it's a Tam, it's Potaminat Kofer. Now, uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to this in a moment. Miso, but both of them, irrespective of whether it's Muad or it's, uh, or it's Tam, is executed. Either way, it's executed. Now the Gemara is going to ask, the Gemara is assuming that in order to become a Muad, it has to have killed three times. That's the Gemara's question. How does it get to being a Muad? So it's not just, well, it was a Muad because of damage. No, no, no. If we're talking about over here, becoming a Muad for for Kofer, it has to kill. Now we're going with Rashi Shita throughout. Rashi learns in the Shita of those Machlokas between Rav, I believe, Rav and Shmuel. Was Rav, Rav and Shmuel, Rav and Abai, Rav and Shmuel, was Rav, Rav and Abai, is that the third time already you pay full damages. That's a Rashi learned. The other opinion was the fourth time. Rashi learned in the Shita of, was it the Shita of, of Rav? I believe but it was. But either way, so what? Yeah, I mean, no, 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 I'm just saying that's how Rashi explains the case. So therefore, it's not the third time we're dealing with right over here. Uh, and it says, whether it's a Tom or a Muad, it's going to be Chayyab. Uh, it's going to be executed. Even if it's a small boy or girl, also the animal is executed. But if it, ex- if it, if it, if it killed a Evid Knani or an Knanis, then a non-Jewish slave, so there's a whole different halacha. It doesn't get, in such a case, no such lotion slayim, in such a case, there is no Kofor payment. You don't pay Kofor. 
There, what you do is you have to pay 30, there's a, a, it's a set amount of 30 uh, sloyim, and it doesn't matter whether the Ebed himself was 100 sela or whether the Ebed was only one dinar, either way, you pay the same amount. Okay, let's go to the Gemara. If you have to execute an animal for killing as a tom, so muad hech mishkachas law, then how to become a muad? Now, so this, you see the muad's understanding, tom and muad is relative to the act of killing. Because you could say, maybe it's just a muad for goring. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that it was a muad because it killed three times. Well, it killed three times, then why didn't you execute it the first and second time? Right, you hear the question? Yeah. So that's, the, that's the question we're going to be dealing with. So I'm a rabbin. The case over here was that the animal did gore three times and the first, two, the, the first two people did not die. But what happened was that the, uh, the, the, uh, the experts said that the intent to kill was, was there and the, the, the act of violence and therefore the act of the violent act should have been enough to kill it was a fluke that the guy didn't die. But that's enough to count that therefore you've reached the level that you're going to be muad for the third time. Ravashi Amar Umdana Lav Klumu. He said, I don't disagree with that. The fact that, it did the, that the victim did not actually die, you cannot count that as strike one and two against the animal, right? Attempted murder is not murder. At the end of the day, it's not. You can't count that, right? So he says, what does he ask? It damaged three people. The first two people that it put it in a situation where it, where they were, they, they, they put that, it was a death, uh, they were, in, uh, fell into a um, life-threatening situation. Now the way Raj explains it, now after Gordon killed the third time, the first two people died. So now you have a situation that answers the question. How does it answer the question? Because now you, I guess the first two people count, well, the first person counts as the third person who's the last one to die because then they became Muad, right? Well, I, I'm not, I don't I don't. Person A is injured, person B is injured, yeah. neither of them die, and then it actually kills person three, then person two dies, and then person one As a direct cause of the boring. So now it's going, really a Muad by the time it got to person one. But now the point is that we can execute it as a the The, the, uh, the third one, I think, is executed as the Muad. Right, but right. all three of them, I mean, yes. that, that, I mean the first, Ox is going to be executed There's either way. It's going to be way. executed, right. But, but, the, but the Kofar would only be for the last guy that died. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, because I think the warning would already be given by the uh, first so one. Your animals now cause, like gonna, and therefore you should know what you have in your hand. You can say, well, how did it survive? Because I couldn't execute the animal because yet. Because it didn't die. Right. The right. person didn't die. Okay. That's what, that's what uh, Rav Asi wants to say. Uh, now, Rav Zvid Amar Kigon Shaharak Shlosha Behemos, that it's, it didn't kill three people. Now, according to Rashi's sheet, you have to say, kill two animals. And then the third person was a human being. But a kill, the show that kills, willing to kill. Yeah. Uh, so the, more, the, the way Rashi learns, Machlo's Rashi in the Rambam, Rashi learns this is a question. How can you say because an animal has been shown that it is muad for animals, that that would make it muad for human beings? No. Yeah, and there, there we had this Rashi before. A man has mazel. A man either has seichel or he's a watching an, a, a malach that watches him. So the fact that this animal is able to kill animals doesn't automatically transform it into a status 
that it's going to be a human, a killer of human beings. Therefore, that would not make it a mu'ad for Adam, and our question still be asked. How do you go from being a tom to a mu'ad and not being executed when you're killed as a tom? With me? That it killed three goyim. So now, three through idol worshippers. And you don't, the law is you don't execute the animal for that. But now, though, we've answered our question. How have we answered our question? Because it, it, the Chorah killed a human being. So it became a Muad, and it didn't get killed as a tongue. So more as also again, again the way Rashi learns it, meaning that the that we have different malachim watching us. The malach that watches a Jew is not the same thing, and therefore the fact that the animal is able to gore and kill an Eved doesn't mean they would be successful doing the same thing <coughs> for it. And therefore you don't have a right to give it a status because it gored three Eved doesn't automatically make it a muad for a Yisrael. This is a guy. Sensitive Gomorrah over here. But anyway, all right. El, Amram Shimon Levi, he says like this. Uh, the case is as follows. That you know that a human being is considered a trefer if he has some type of ailment that he'll not be able to survive 12 months. There's certain body parts, certain organs that they are damaged and he cannot, he's called a trefer. And even though it's usher to kill a trefer, but you would not execute for killing a trefer. So that question was, how did he become a muad without being executed? Because he killed three people, but the three people that he killed were trefer, which means you don't execute based on that, but you see that he's been able to become a muad for killing. Someone says, again, same question, muad le trefer, have a muad le shalem. That maybe there's a difference. That obviously, the mazel of a trefer is a much weaker mazel, or whatever it is. That a, and therefore, you cannot prove on the person having killed trefer three times that a uh, What's that? An animal killing trefer. An animal, I mean, animal killing trefer three times, three human beings, that, that gives him a muad right. le human beings. All right. So when it says like this, much practical, much more practical thing. Let's say it kills animal A, it kills person A, there's a verdict rendered. Now, what that verdict should result in is the execution of the animal. The animal bolts, hides out. Okay, practical situation. Comes back into town, kills person two. Same thing happens. They don't, and it runs away after the verdict, the second one, after the warning. So you could have an animal be warned three times to make it into a muad, even though your question is, it should have been executed. You're right, it should have been executed as a time, but what happened was, was a, they defunded the police, and the bottom line is they weren't able to have enough manpower to execute the animal. Okay, so El Papa, the Katal, it killed the Arak, and then it ran away to the swamp. The Katal, again, it killed the second time, so now the third time it kills, that makes it into a Muad, according to the way Rashi learned, and that's the case where it's executed as a Muad, even though it was not executed as a tongue. All right. Rav Acha Bereid Rav Ika comes out with a creative case. I'm going to say it outside because it's a little complicated inside. So let's first say it outside and we'll see it inside. Case is like this. Two sets of witnesses show up day one and say they saw the animal gore. Okay? They saw the animal gore and kill a victim. Okay? At that point in time, what should happen? The animal is uh, executed, right. 
even though it's a tom to be executed. What happens is... Without a if, payment, though, right? Without kofar, correct. Without kofar. Now, what happens is, before we could execute the animal, a group, a second group comes and says they were Zomamin, they were with us. What happens now if the second group says the first group were with us? And the animal's not going to get killed. Then they, Those guys, if they have guys animal, have a finan- animal financial loss, whatever, they're going to have to... Fine, but you can't execute the animal. Okay? Day two, the same thing happens. Group, a, 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 another group comes and says, this animal on day two killed someone. And, 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 and the same zone, I mean, that same group said, you also were with us. And therefore, they make the second group zomamin, which means that we cannot execute the animal. Day three, a third group comes on day three and says, this animal killed a third person. And what happens is, on day three, another group comes and makes the zomamin into zomamin. The group that made group one into Zoman and group two, they themselves on day three Zoman. become Zoman. Retroactively, what ends up happening, we reinstate the first group, we reinstate the second group, and we've got a third group that testified that the animal killed on day three. You have now three gorings, which makes it into a muad, but now we've answered up why it was not possible to execute the animal as a tongue. Okay, very good. Right? Okay. That's what I said. These are all just different ways to get there. That's right? exactly right. We want to understand the Mishnah. How can you execute it as a muad if you have to execute it as a tom? It's not knocking out the other way. Correct. Because you're just saying, here's a, a Sir that's, ABC that's, DNA. That's what it would seem okay. to be doing. So now, so it says the Mishnah as follows. So, Amar, so, Rav Acha Bered, Rav Iko, Amar, Kigon Shehuzmu, Zolmamei, Zolmamein. That the Zomamei, uh, the, the, the Zomamin, the ones that made others into Zomamin, they themselves became Zomamin, which reinstated group one and group two, the way we explained the case. All right? And that's the situation. Now the Gemara wants to give us a little bit of Chazorah. All right? We had on Chavdalid, right, about 14, 15 daf ago, we had a following Machlokas. What is the function of the warning that is given when you change an animal from the status of Tom to Muad? Is the focus on that it is to identify the nature of the animal? Really, the whole purpose of that is to show that this animal is a habitual, a habitual gorer. That's the only reason that it's purpose of the warning, to show the transition that goes from it. Or no, the warning is not as much for the animal, it's really for the owner to get him into the right mindset. We're giving him two or three times to realize you need to ratch up your shmira. You need to you need to make sure that you because that's not something the person hasn't been doing a certain thing shmira for his whole life, and all of a sudden now he's required. So we gave him a couple times, but it allows him to change his habits about how he's supposed to watch the animal. And the Gemara said, what's going to be the difference between the two opinions? Is it just semantics? No. What happens if that all three witnesses showed up on the same day? 
Okay. Three groups of witnesses. One testified that three days ago it killed one person. One testified two days ago it killed one person. One testified, but they're all at the same time, at the same time. If it's just to change, show the true nature of the animal, then it doesn't matter. Even if three showed up, it's not a problem because now we've shown that this is an habitual animal and now there's a dimur. But if you learn it's to allow the person to work through changing his way of dealing with it, if all three are testifying on the same day, that's really, for him, it's like only one testimony. So it doesn't help. It had to be the testimony happened over three different times. So says the Gemara, therefore, you have to now look at this answer in light of that machlokas. If the case was that day one, they made zomimim, day two, they made zomimim, day three, those zomimim now were reinstated, then it comes out that the, 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 the three warnings are all happening really on one day. This only works is if the purpose of of it is for the benefit of the animal, to, to create the animal as a habitual gora. But if it's to, in order to allow the, 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 the transitioning of the person, it wouldn't work. This would not make the animal into a muad. You can't do it on the same day, right? Is that what you're saying? Because no, you, you, you have to have allowed the person to have worked through first goring, second goring, they're not, but if it's all on the same day, it hasn't worked that through. It's all considered like one warning. That's what I gonna ask right now. So Mora says as follows. Uh, this answer about the Zomamin, because it really comes out that all three warnings now end up on, on the same day, that works the purpose of the warning is to uh, warn and, and, and transform this animal into its true nature as a habitual gora. Then, then that's the purpose, that's what we need. And Shapra, and this is a good answer. But the person is, the warning is not for the animal per se, but for the owner of the animal to allow him transitioning from goring one to goring two to going three before we can give it a full status of muad. So therefore, Maimar Amar, then this person could turn around and say, he says, one second, you guys never gave me enough time. Why didn't you give me enough time to watch my animal in, and, and, and turn, turn into a muad? Because that's only considered enough time if what? If there's three separate warnings on three separate days. So I know that I have to now watch my animal better. But if all three warnings hit me at one day, then what? Then it's not doesn't count, right? It's then you can't make, you cannot say, I, you gave, we gave you enough time before we made it into a muad. So, uh, so therefore, that's, uh, the person, Beymar uh, Amar, the owner could say, Amar lay, I did not know, I did not know that my animal's transitioning from a tom to a muad, and therefore you cannot hold my animal as a muad on, the, on, on day three. So Mora says like this, Mora says a very interesting chas. What Mora's going to say is that the, remember we had one set of testimony on day one and the second set of testimony on day two that was made into Zomamin and then reinstated on day three. So we're asking is, so the warning that this person really received was only day three. He did not know he has to watch his animal better because the animal, right away after day one and right away day two, that was, it was falsified. So he says, what? Well, no, because their testimony was not just that Ruven, let's say Ruven's the owner, that Ruven's animal killed Shimon, but they also testified that Ruven was there. He was there. So he's now, zomified only so, part of it. So therefore, he knows he was there, and therefore he cannot say, well, I did not know that I should have to watch my animal because they were found out to be so, false. Right. You knew right so away. So Ruven's actually a bad dude. Because he should have stepped up and said, I oh, know that's really what happened. But he didn't step up and say, well, okay. but the bottom line is 
At the end of the day, he can't say, I did not know that I should watch my animal. You did know, because even though it's true that the Aedes was not accepted until day three, but you already knew about it from day one and two. That all the times that the animal killed, he was standing there with it. All right. Ravina is also answering the original question, how do you have a situation of a muad without it being executed as a tom? So he says, is that they recognize who the owner was, Maybe it had a kind of trademark on it, a stamp on it, but they could not identify the actual animal itself. Someone says like this. Therefore, that's why that it did not get executed by, by the first two testimonies. One says like this. Well, one second. If we don't know which animal it is, right? It wasn't. So therefore, my what, what's he supposed to watch? <laughs> How's he supposed to guard an animal to stop it from goring if they can't identify for him? which animal it was. So what it says, They say that we saw it run back into your pen. Meaning, they're saying is, we can't identify which of the 20 animals it was, but one of your 20 animals has gored. Therefore, that puts the burden on him, the onus on him. He has to watch all 20 with that level. He can't say, I did not know to watch. Yes, you did. I now you have to watch more. That's too bad. It's your problem. You should have watched all your cattle with that house. Now, it comes out the third time the animal's gored. Now we're able to figure out. Now they realize, oh, that was the same one as one and two. Now we can go ahead and execute him. Why? Because he... Ah, he didn't know which one to watch. We don't, he didn't have to know which one specifically to watch. He had to watch them all. By the third time, we figured out which one one and two was, that the same animal, then we executed. It was not executed as a tom, but it is now executed as a muah. That answers the question. Let's go on. So that was a chai me. So we said that whether or not it is executed as a, that it killed as a tom or killed as a muah, it is executed. Now the posseg, actually this posseg is written by tom, that's why we know this. It says like this. There's going to be three clauses that have to be dealt with in the Pasuk. I'm going to read the full Pasuk to you. It's number one in the Torah, Orah Shalem. It says, If an ox gores a man or a woman, and they die, that's the first clause. So what do you have to do to that ox? After the verdict, the ox has to be, ex- has to be executed, stoned. As other is besorrow. You're not allowed to eat its meat. Now the symbol shot is, and the owner of the animal is Naki, you say he's innocent, meaning he's been exonerated. Once you execute his ox, he's become exonerated. What's that? Correct. Now, the Gemara is going to deal with the first two clauses. The Chorah, the Gemara wants to know there's a redundancy. If you have to stone the ox, that turns the animal into an available. So the so animals. No, are I, I can't eat it. That's that. right. That's the question. Okay. And any other question? Now, so the says like this: Tanu Rabbanon, Mimash Mashenem Marsakel Yisakel. We hold it towards the bottom. Mem Aleph. It says, Vazag Lashar Eini Adad. Do I not know? Shenevela He Benevela Surabam Baachila. So Matam Adam. So why does the Torah have to teach me? Lo Yaachel Is Besaro. You're not allowed to eat its meat. Simona says like this, that you know what the novelty is? The novelty is, let's say right after the verdict, the guy pulls out his knife, runs over, and shechts the animal. Right? 
No, so what's it teaching me? Of course, if it got stoned, you can't eat it. But uh, it's coming to teach me. If I checked it before it was stoned, I would think I could eat it. The answer is no. That's what it's come to teach me. So when it says like this, so Magid Loch, it's come to teach me. That after the verdict, they went. He went. Guy went and checked it, thinking that he's creating a uh, a loophole for himself over here. Aser ba'achilo. All right, let's continue on. Now, I only know that this animal cannot be eaten. How do I know? How do I know that the animal is not only also to be eaten, but I'm not allowed to get any benefit? That's what Talmud The owner of the ox is clean. What it means over here, it doesn't mean he's clean, that he's been exonerated. It means he's been cleaned out. From this acid, he's completely cleaned out from this acid, which means what? Can't get any benefit. That's what it means. So my mashma, how do you see the word balashon naki that has been cleaned? It refers to not getting any benefit. So Shimon and Zoma Omer, it's like a person who says to his friend, It's like somebody has been cleaned out from his assets. That's what it means, it's cleaned over here. Now, he has no, any, no more benefit from his assets at all. Okay, so that's what we're saying like this. Sakal yisakal, the animal gets stoned, of course, the animal gets stoned, you're not allowed to eat it. So why does it say that you're not allowed to eat it? You're not allowed to eat it even if you shechted it. And why does it say balashonaki coming to teach me that it's also bahano? That's, that's how we explain the three clauses. Mora says like this, Mimai, now, ask the Mora, Mimai de lo yachla de sarom, shafta. How do you know to learn the case where you're not allowed to eat the meat is where the person jumped and slaughtered it, achla shenik madina, after the verdict, shaz bachil, shaz bachilo, Let's go back and assume that no, maybe where he slaughtered it actually, it would be permissible to be consumed. Now, the problem is, well, if it's permissible to consume, if he slaughtered it, we're back to our question. Then why do have to tell me that after it was stoned, it cannot be eaten? That's close, right? Maybe what it's coming to teach me is like this, is that the animal, when it's stoned, what happens when it's stoned? To Azur Bahanohu, that the Loya Achel that says it cannot be consumed is not teaching me that it cannot be eaten. I know it can't be eaten because it was stoned, but it's coming to teach me that it cannot be, if it was stoned, not only cannot be eaten, but it also cannot be benefited from. Now we're going to say, well, I thought the third clause is teaching me that. We're saying, no need the third clause for that. This is being like this. Now, why would you assume it says you can't eat it? So why do you assume it means you cannot get any? Benefit. So when it says like this, Rabbi Avo, because Rabbi Avo set forth the following principle throughout the Torah. The Amar Rabbi Avo, Amar Rabbi Loza, the name of Rabbi Loza. Call Makomi any place in the Torah. Shenema either lo yochal, lo sochal, or lo sochlu, some form of prohibited prohibited consumption. Echad Yisraelim, echad Yisrael no b'mashma. That is referring to whether you're allowed to, you're not allowed to eat it, or you're not allowed to. Uh, benefit from it. It's, it's, a, it's a total consumption provision. Where does he get it from? So he gets it from, it's from the parsha of Nevela. The Torah tells us if an animal dies on its own, it says you're not allowed to eat it, but you are allowed to sell it to a goy. Now, the question is, why do you have to tell me that? It says you're not allowed to eat it. It says you're not allowed to eat it, but you're allowed to benefit. You see that what? That the Bosnian never said, but you're allowed to sell it to a goy. What would I have thought you cannot consume it means? You can't benefit. I'm also not allowed to benefit from it. So Rabbi Yavos says down this rule that whenever you seek don't eat, inherent in don't eat it's also means benefit. You can't benefit. Unless it excludes it. Specifically, right. Now, therefore, what the one is suggesting is like this. 
Your question was, if it says suckle yasakel, I'm not allowed, I'm st- you have to stone it, then I understand you're not allowed to eat it. No, not eating it that's written in the positive is not coming to teach me that I'm not allowed to but eat it. it. I'm allowed to get benefit. But it's talking about specifically when you stoned it, but could possibly be that when you shechted it, Ahead of time, you may. Yes, maybe you'd be allowed to eat it. So that's one of us playing devil's advocate. How do you know to say what you wanted to say? That you're not allowed to eat it over here. It's coming to teach me that yeah, if you're shechted, you're not allowed to eat it. Maybe, no, you're not allowed to eat it. It's coming to teach you, you're not allowed to benefit. But it's all talking about where you stoned it, but where you actually shechted it. Maybe you would be allowed to eat it. That's the one's question. One says like this. Then what does it say over here? Nochamol. So he said that any time it says lo yitol osochal osochlu echad israchil echad israel no b'mashma. Actually, part of the chakasa until the Torah specifically identifies kederem shabit v'kabanavela. Like it says by nevela la ger benasina that you can you can gift it to a ger and la eri v'kachavim b'mechira and you can sell it to another come. The ger over there is someone a ger toshav, not a Jew, a person that accepts zayimus menol. Anyway, so the more that that's the more the more is asking a very strong question. So the Morris says like this, listen to the sophistication of this answer. What the Morris is going to say is, it's one thing to say that when the Torah uses the word, do not consume, don't, don't, uh, it says don't eat, all right? And you tell me that don't eat is broader than just don't eat. What does don't eat mean? Don't benefit Let me don't consume. Uh, then I, I, I understand that. But what happens if I already know that I can't eat? Because of the circle. Because, because of the circle. So to say that it means don't benefit, then why write it as eat? If you're telling me it's eating and, and benefiting, benefit. then say don't benefit. The fact is that might be right. If, so therefore it can't be over here, it's coming for the purpose of benefit. So why is it coming? Must be coming to tell you that even if you shafted it, uh, you can't. You're not allowed to eat it. That's the no, point. No, benefit. Oh, no, no you're not allowed to eat it. Benefit we're going to learn from the third clause. Okay. Right. So Moses says like this. So says the Gemara, Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva, answered like this. All right? Hanimili, when do we say that don't eat also includes don't benefit? Where the word lo is teaching me don't eat it, and it's teaching me don't uh, benefit. So in our case, Isra Achila, I know from somewhere else. Where do I know the Isra Achila from? From Misko Misakel, Misakel Yisakel. Therefore, then Afko. So therefore, Isal Gadai Techal Lo Yechal. So therefore, if the purpose only of Lo Yechal would have been, as Basara was only for Isra Nohu, then write it that way. Nif Tachmana Lo Yehana. Write, don't benefit. Therefore, over here can't be teaching me benefit because then it would have written benefit. Must be teaching me eating. Then you're back to a question. Well, so eating. then maybe I, can be- maybe I can benefit from it. Well, so, well, we'll see. Benefit is going to be learned from the third clause. But the point is, but now, therefore, it must be coming to teach me where you shechted it. I can't eat it. I'm not allowed to eat it. That's what it might be teaching me. So therefore, but now, once I have that, then it could also be used for benefit, right? That I'm not allowed to eat it or benefit from my eating, which still is going to free up the last clause. So inami. Now, now, Mara's now playing, saying, is saying is, maybe you're right. Maybe our question is not such a good question. Maybe lo yochal can always teach you don't benefit. It could always teach you don't benefit, even if it's not teaching me don't eat, because I know it from a different course. I can still have a problem. I still have a problem with your, uh, your understanding of the Pasuk, right? So, inami lo yoichal is besar, lo yoichal. I understand lo yoichal is needed. Why do I need it? Sakal yasakel is teaching me don't eat it. Lo yoachel is, and don't consume it, which could be added. But why do I have to write the words es besaro? The words es besaro 
Obviously, what we're talking about, don't eat. What do you think you're talking about eating the hooves? We're talking about don't eat the meat. So why do you have to write the words as basaro? And now basar, the word basar generally is usually meat that can be eaten. You would not refer to nevela as basar. So on the fact that you use the word as basaro, that extra clause of basaro tells me that even if you shechted it and you made it into basar, you're still not allowed to eat it. That's where you know from. That's how I know you. It's, a, it's inclusive of the case where you shechted it as well. So either it's inclusive in it because I would not need it only for pleasure, don't benefit from it. If I know eating from a different place, it must be coming when I shaft it. Or even if you tell me no, that I know that it could say to give you stone it and it's coming to you don't benefit, but as Besaro, that's teaching me even when you shafted it. So therefore, as Besaro, Lamali, why do you write the word as Besaro? The Abagav, the Avde, Kein Basar, you turned it into meat. How did you turn it into meat? Not by stoning it, by the shafted, because you the shafted, you slaughtered it, it's still Osir, it still would be Osir. So it's a masculine or marzutra. Amahanimili. So now the one's asking uh, uh, like this. Maybe like this. Maybe you understand. All right, fine. I get it. That there's in this pasuk, he's not talking about only when you stoned it, but it's talking about even when you slaughtered it, you're not allowed to eat it. But maybe when you know what you're talking about, there's two, there's different ways to slaughter an animal. One way you can sharpen a stone, make a flint, and you shaft it with a sharpened stone. One you can use a metal knife. Maybe you know when you're not allowed to eat an animal that was slaughtered, that needed to be stoned, is where you use the stone to slaughter it. Because maybe the slaughtering of the stone is like... Like stoning it. Like stoning it. But if you used a metal knife, maybe Taki should still be allowed to eat it. That's the most question. But when you check the flint, you check the stone, you sharpen the stone, you sharpen it, you check with the because that's like skilo. But where you check it in the sucking using a knife, that maybe that would, that would not be inclusive in the prohibition, and maybe then what? Then you're allowed to eat it. Maybe you would be allowed to eat it. You're just not allowed to eat it if when you did something it's like stoning it. Alright? Oh, okay. So Mara says like this. That's, that's a, to make such a distinction that there's a difference between what kind of knife or stone you use, there is in the Torah when it says talks about slaughtering, there's no there's no mention at all how you slaughter. It says that you eat it like I in command, it really command. And our Sina, slaughtering is one of those mitzvahs you know from Allah Moshe Misina. We don't have it in the Torah. Now the Allah Moshe Misina, we don't see a distinction between how you shed. You now are coming up with this tremendous Kiddush. Some things your chef with would allow you to eat it. Some things your chef will not allow to eat it. Since we don't see that distinction, Bechlal, it's very hard to make such a distinction. Tzimura says like this. Tzimura says like this. Amri, Meir Shiva answered. Atu Sakim Tzibar. He says, mention in the Torah at all that you need to use a knife. Fatran, we learned in the Mishnah. Hashochet b'magal yad, if you used a sickle. Betsur, if you used a stone. Bekar, if you used a reed. Shechitas, under all circumstances, shechitas kshero. All things are equal. To make distinctions now on how you shechted it, with what you shechted it, we don't want to buy into. All right. So Mara says like this. So fine. So right now it comes out. Sokli yisakos, the animal dies through skilo. Lo yachos, besaro means even if you shechted it. And shechita also includes, not being able to eat it, includes also that it's also bahano. But now then, why do we need that last clause? Bala shornaki. That it says that the owner is cleaned out. We don't have to say it means cleaned out from the acid anymore because I already know it from lo yachos, besaro. So Mara says as follows. So Lamali, what do I need that last clause? What says Lahanas Means you're not allowed to even use his skin. 
because that's not an edible item, but you would also, it also becomes Osir Ba'ano, not only the edible items, but even the inedible items are also in Hanoa as well. The Salgadaidechamina, I would have thought to say, that the ox itself, its meat, becomes Osir Ba'ano. But the skin, Nishdiri Ba'ano, becomes, it will be permissible Ba'ano. Kamash Malan, Balashor Noki, completely all, all areas of this acid is prohibited Ba'ano. Says the more like this. They're going to see later on, there's a machlok, there's a membez, how you use the word balashornaki. Now, according to the opinions that you use balashornaki with something else, then how do you know the skin taka is osir? If we're using it with something else, then how do we know the skin is osir? says, We're going to say later on, I'm embase. So, how do you know that the skin is osir? So, in Afkalo, it says, The word es is extra. It says that uh, do not eat. What S? That S is auxiliary. Something that's auxiliary to the meat. What is auxiliary to the meat? The skin. The skin. So therefore, the, the hide. The hide also is uh, included in the prohibition of basa. That's what the S teaches me. So therefore, S basar, S atopla basaro. That that is something that is auxiliary. That is uh, second secondary to the flesh. My knee, what is that? Oh, that's a sin. Says the high tana. Now the more is going to say that actually it's a machlokus without shas. When you find the word s, do you darshan it? Bahai tana s le darish. There's a following tana that does not usually darshan s. Where, where do you see the Kassan we learned in the Raisa? Shimonaim Sunni. Because Shabbat Shalom says it was Nachemiam Sunni. Hayadorish called Essen Shabbat Torah. Anytime he came to the word S in the Torah, he darshaned it. Kevin Shigil, Es Hashem Alokecha. When he got to Es Hashem Alokecha, you have to fear. What's secondary that you have to fear like Hashem? What can you even put in the Parsha that's considered to be secondary or auxiliary to Hashem that has to have the same fear of Hashem? Someone says, He retracted. Everything, retracted right. all the Essen. So Amrullah so student said to him, Rebbe, call the all the S in the Torah that you taught us till now, what's gonna be with them? just as I got reward when I when I expounded them. so I'll get reward for retracting. showed up, you know who's included in that's the Rabbis You have to fear like you fear Hashem, and you reinstate all the essence. So what do you see? There is a machlok because we have Darshan S, but anyway, this Tirasha we just learned that S includes the skin, would become like Rabbi Akiva, not like Shimonah and Sunni.